everybody. This is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I have said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Okay, today's a solo episode, um, and I want to talk about COVID, <laughs> and I want to talk about grief, and I feel like these are topics that come up on my podcast a lot, and again, this is not a grieving podcast. This is a podcast about how to live life well and all the different ways there are to be a happy, successful adult, but frankly, I don't know anyone who's a happy, successful adult that does not also have a good grieving practice and like isn't totally embracing of all of the emotional breadth of the life experience that we get to have here on earth. Um, <laughs> I will also say my birthday is tomorrow, which is Christmas Eve, which is the day this episode is coming out. And I'm having a lot of feels. This is not, this is not the first December 23rd. I'm having a lot of feels and, and it probably won't be the last. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about is COVID is a disease of many losses. Yes, people die. And I think that's the hardest part of it. But there's also all of these like related hardships and losses that come from what's happening with this disease right now. I mean, like, obviously, a lot of people experience loss and grief and change um, when the pandemic originally began and there was the great shutdown and the economic realities. Uh, set in for people. I think people have been really confronted with the truth that uncertainty is the only certainty. I'm rereading a Brene Brown book right now, um, The Gifts of Imperfection, 10th Anniversary Edition. And I have to say, like, it's so funny how you like read a book once and you think you get it. And then like you read it again later and you get a whole new level of it and stuff you forgot. Right. And she's talking about resilience and uncertainty and how, um, we like cling to certainty and certainty is the opposite of faith. That faith is actually, it's not doubt. That's the opposite of faith. It's certainty, uh, which I think is really fascinating. Um, and I think we have these, like, we have to go through a lot of grief. I think as um, the world kind of unravels around us, right? Like there's like systems we grow up in that we feel safe in. And then actually they were all just illusions. Like the idea that the government is going to take care of things and that the government is going to do the right thing. That is an illusion. Like for me, like in the last year, I released my identification with the democratic party, which was a loss, right? Like it was just like this, cause it was, all, it's an illusion of difference to me at this point. I don't think any of them are different. I think we have to get money out of politics. And I think our current president, um, it, his, he's the biggest, he's the received the most donations from big pharma and the insurance companies. And he's the one that's making the decisions about the pandemic. And it really, I mean, right now I am like really feeling a lot of feelings about like how left behind most people are. And like, obviously that's been going on for as long as we've had systems. Right. But also like, I just feel like it's more and more becoming so real that it's just like this wild west cowboy, everybody for themselves sort of pandemic. And it really has become like a white professional elite um, sort of playground out there who can like afford the rapid testing and who can like afford to take the risks. Like, I'll be honest, I can't take a COVID risk because I can't afford to not be able to use my body for work. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of things that like I, um, I have finally gotten my first N95 mask and that was just because I, someone gave it to me and um, I have gone this whole pandemic without like proper masking. Like, I mean, I've been double masked as best I can. Right. But like, I was just thinking about this, like my uncle's funeral was this past weekend. Um, and 
if it had not been COVID, I would have gone. Um, and it just felt too dangerous to fly commercial. Um, but like if I were in a different income bracket, I would fly private, right? It doesn't feel too dangerous to fly private. Cause I think the danger, I mean, there's so much danger in flying in my opinion, but, and unnecessary, right? Like I, I feel like I've missed so many of my friends' funerals and my uncle Ike was, uh, the person who taught me that burial is for the living. Um, and you've got to create like your own emotional closure. I have to say uncle Ike lived out life as a ministry. Like he was so divinely connected and just really great with a comforting word to say. And like, you really felt his presence when he was with you. Um, and, uh, and I had a really beautiful moment with a rabbit on, uh, the, during my forest walk the day that he passed away. And I felt like that was like a really beautiful, like just a rabbit. I'd never hung out with a rabbit in the woods before. They usually run right off because they're very scared of people. Um, I mean, they're forest rabbits. They're really, they're survivors, right? Um, but this one rabbit just like hopped across the path and then just sat there and hung out eating some like leaves, like staring right at me. It was really sweet and really tender. And I kind of felt a lot of peace around that. And I felt like I didn't need it. Every time I thought about traveling to go to the funeral, uh, which my mom was willing to like pay for my plane ticket and that, but like, I just, every time I thought about it, it felt both like unethical to like put me or anyone else at risk. And it felt uh, stressful. And I was like, I don't think that's worth it, you know? And I was also thinking about too, like how I kind of prefer connections with people one-on-one -on -one or smaller. And I'm like, well, I could just go down there later in the winter and have some like connection time with my cousins and my aunt, right. The people who I would be there for. Um, but also like thinking about like ways I still was kind of half hoping cause I'm a big hoper, uh, dreamer. I'm a very audacious dreamer. I have really big dreams. Um, I actually think that's a strength of mine as much as it is like a constant site of disappointment, right? Like if you have hopes and goals, then when they don't come through, um, I have so much grief around that, right? Like I have to learn how to process it in a way that like, isn't breaking my own heart every time. But like, I was like holding out hope that somehow I would like get access to a private plane and like all the right COVID masking and I could go show up at the funeral and it didn't happen and I didn't go, but it was just interesting. Like now, like there's this whole kind of related fallout, right? Like my mom went with uh, her spouse. And so they were, I mean, they said they were in 95 mass, right? But like, that doesn't mean they didn't get exposed. Um, I've heard of people getting it through hotel ventilations, right? Like there's, and plus all that time in the airport. I just feel like there's so much risk, right? Um, especially during like a big surge that there's no point in me cross-contaminating with them now that they're back from the trip, right? But it coincides with my birthday, which means like, I mean, on a typical week, I could like skip Sunday dinner and or and or not spend any time indoors with them, right? Um, but because it happens to be my birthday and Christmas, then we've got holidays that then get kind of interrupted because I am taking precautions around not getting sick. Because if they get sick, then if I don't get sick, then I can like, um, help. Right. And I'm seeing all these, like, cause you know, we're in a surge, we're in a pandemic. I'm seeing these things on social media. Like this person was like, I missed Christmas because of 2020 last year. And now I'm home for Christmas, but I'm isolated in the basement because I have COVID. Right. Like that's kind of the results. I think a lot of, um, travel is having this year is that people are still kind of missing out on like their holiday experience or what they expected of their holiday experience. Right. And I think that's also like coming through, um, 
I mean, just now I just had this conversation with my mom about like tomorrow. And the only thing I wanted to do for my birthday was go out, uh, my favorite brunch spot in Port Townsend. It's called Blue Moose Cafe, lesbian owned and operated. Um, and their menu is extraordinary. It's so good. And I still only ever get <laughs> the corned beef because it's just so good. The corned beef hash at the Blue Moose Cafe in Port Townsend is chef's kiss. It's so, so good. And it's just so funny because we had this plan to go to brunch. Like I had called to make sure that they were serving outside and they said weather permitting and it's clear tomorrow. Um, and, or at least tomorrow morning, uh, it's not clear right now. You can hear the rain potentially on my new fancy microphone. Thank you to Dylan Hill for sending this to me for my Amazon wish list. Dylan, my dear friend who listens to the podcast and was my guest, uh, in summer of 2020. I don't know what the episode number is, but Dylan Hill's amazing. Thank you, Dylan. And also thank you, Kim podcast listener who sent me, um, from my wish list, uh, like new makeup travel bag. I'm so excited. Kim, I have no way of contacting you to thank you. So I hope you're listening to this. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, uh, my Amazon wish list is in, uh, the show notes for this. I also have small business wish list too, because I prefer to shop with small businesses. Uh, but I know it's way easy for people to give via Amazon. And I love that they facilitate generosity in that way. Um, also, imagine being Jeff Bezos and having access to everyone's wish lists, having drones, having all the wealth since the pandemic and um, and everyone's addresses, but like not being Santa Claus. Like I couldn't resist. You know what I mean? I would take all the wealth I got in the pandemic and solve homelessness <laughs> and the water crisis for everyone. And then still have enough money to buy everyone uh, a secret Santa gift. Um, anyway, I don't, I'm not Jeff Bezos. I don't make his choices. But um, I do appreciate an Amazon wish list. And I love this new microphone. I'm so excited about it. Um, anyway, if you want to give me something for my wish list, I will so appreciate it. And so, um, and so celebrate my birthday. So here's the thing. As a Christmas Eve baby, I have had to deal with constantly feeling like a burden every year for having a birthday during a holiday that other people have their own agendas and celebrations for. There are whole families who like basically do all their Christmas celebrating on Christmas Eve, which I don't get. But uh, listen, I was raised with my birthday on Christmas Eve. So it's a distinct day that honors me as my birthday. And then uh, we move into Christmas, which is where all the Christmas stuff happens, right? That's how I was raised. Um, but if we like went down to like my aunt and uncle, Uncle Ike's house um, for my birthday, which happened a few times when I was a kid, um, then I would be kind of like in the shuffle, weird only child, weird, fat, queer, young person who is flamboyant and odd and all the weird, right? I always felt weird. And I always thought it was because I was fat, but it was actually because I was weird. It was like all of that. It was personality too. <laughs> Not just being uh, like what I felt in my heart, which is true. When I was five years old, I understood my body was a failure, right? So like I carried that with me. I just felt like a failure everywhere I went. I was such an overachiever, such a perfectionist. I'm like a lifetime member of Girl Scouts. I got my gold award, right? Like I can get an achievement because um, that's how I felt. I got my love and belonging. Instead of understanding that I am inherently lovable and worthy just because I'm here, right? And that's my ethics. That's how I believe now. And that's something I've really worked on fully embracing. But when you are feel like an oddball and then you're in some weird oddball social situation at a holiday where everyone has like holiday things and traditions they're doing and you're kind of an afterthought, maybe with a cake, that has happened to me so, so many times that 
I understand that my birthday is a two month event and it can just happen for the, the duration of the two months. I've never once had a birthday party on actual Christmas Eve. Um, I feel like if I live somewhere like LA for a long time, I would probably just start doing a Christmas Eve open house, much like my aunt and uncle did. Um, and they had, so they would have like an open house uh, called soup and cheer where it was soup, uh, many kinds of soup. Some, some years there were like six kinds of soup. It was pretty cool. Um, and then sometimes there would be a, a cake moment for me. So this year we're dealing with the aftermath of COVID and like not wanting to be, or I don't want to be inside at the same time as other people, which I think is affecting my mom's experience of the holidays. Right. And it's all like COVID related. It's very interesting how like, I just, everything in life is affected by this pandemic. And like, if people think they're going to get through it unscathed and not have to feel their feelings, I mean, allow me, Bevan, your blunt Capricorn friend <laughs> to tell you, you're not going to get out unscathed. Um, and also, I mean, like one in 500 people uh, is dead from COVID, which is like, I think a wildly underreported number, especially given the amount of undocumented folks are who are out there, people who never seek healthcare. I know a whole family that got COVID, multiple families who got COVID who never took tests because one person got a test. And so everyone just assumes it's COVID, right? We just don't know. We're never going to know, right? Like how much loss is affecting everybody. Um, and so I don't know, being adaptable is like, the more adaptable I am, the easier it is for me to like weather disappointment and things not going my way. Um, Eckhart Tolle says, um, I'm sure I quote this all the time, but Eckhart Tolle says, embrace things as though you chose them. Embrace everything as though you chose it. And Abraham Hicks, Hicks teaches on like just having a feeling tone of appreciation for everything, which I totally appreciate, right? So tonight, sort of conveying my boundaries to my mom and like finding out, like we've been talking about this like plan for brunch outside for my birthday for a long time, right? Um, I just love that I have the opportunity to dine with people in a way that's like outside and much more, in my opinion, COVID safe and low risk. Um, and brunch doesn't have to take very long. Right. And it's chilly, but it's not like the end of it's like, it's Washington rain shadow chili. You know what I mean? Like New York city is way colder than, than where I live. Um, it's like primarily thirties and forties for my Australia babes. That's zero degrees. Um, anyway. We're like, it's chilly, but it's not the worst, uh, except for occasional cold snaps. Anyway, this I'm digressing too far. So literally in this conversation I had before I started recording this podcast, um, really thinking about all these COVID losses and how they kind of domino, uh, we found out uh, that Pat isn't going to come to brunch now because uh, she doesn't want to eat outside in the cold. Um, and so my mom is like upset and like, I'm feeling her upset and my mom's emotions, like always, they don't, they don't always trigger me. I actually am really good now. I really know how to process my feelings around my mom, but it, like, it was one of those things where it just like hit me and, um, hit me in the December 23rd feels, you know what I mean? Feeling like I'm a burden for having a birthday on a holiday, which isn't even my fault. <laughs> and it's just my destiny. Um, and, and also the culture I was raised in, if I lived on a continent that didn't celebrate Christmas so hard, um, it would be different. Right. Uh, so it's just funny how these things, like, um, I think our triggers and emotions like anger and jealousy, um, but this one, I think this was just an emotion of like, I don't know, what is the emotion of feeling like a burden <laughs> or feeling like a bother, right? Like that's the thing is what I realized is like, oh, I just hate feeling like a, a bother in someone else's holiday 
or in life in general, right? Like, I feel like I'm really, I've done so much work over the last couple of years getting over myself to just be willing to reach out to people to hang out or chat like on Zoom and catch up. Um, it feels like, and like so many people leave me on red, but like, I don't care anymore. You know what I mean? I'd rather, I think the connection matters more. It's like, I got to a certain point where like enough people I loved passed away that like, I'm willing to risk a little social awkwardness, um, in order to like maintain connections with people I value. Right. Like I wouldn't ask someone that I didn't actually want to have a conversation with to have a conversation. Um, but it's just, it's really interesting what an information emotion, like it can be to like, have a trigger. So I got kind of triggered. I got, I didn't get kind of triggered. I got completely triggered by my, by Pat saying she wasn't going to go to brunch tomorrow. And it's not even, I actually really respect people's autonomy and choices. And like, I don't really care because I see Pat all the time. Right. I get good quality time with Pat a lot. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Right. One of the benefits of living where I live. Um, I never thought if you told me four years ago that I would live down the street from my mom and be happy about it, I would have laughed at you. Um, but look at how much we can grow. I think my relationship with my mom, honestly, is like my greatest uh, success in life. Um, we like spent 26 years not um, communicating, really. Uh, and so it's I really, it was actually through the process of um, transitioning my grandmother, like going through her death process together, where I was kind of on the ground with grandmother. My mom was doing like logistics and paperwork is where I learned how that I could trust her again, you know, cause like she had hurt me so much that every time she hurt me, I just shut down Scorpio moon. Uh, Scorpio moon is like the cutoff. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, we're not going to deal with that. Uh, so every time she would hurt me, I would just cut her off and just not talk about it for like, or not talk for a long time. So, uh, it was like not, not a great thing, but I've, I've really worked on my communication skills and, um, she's really, you know, shown up for me. So it's been, you know, learning that stuff. Right. When I first moved up here, um, the first six months I lived here, I've lived here two years, the first six months I got triggered all the time by my mom. Um, but what's kind of beautiful about it is like when you learn that triggers are just things coming up to be healed and be acknowledged and witnessed, um, it actually is very efficient to be triggered a lot because you're just releasing, um, and I did a lot of that. And then I started the practice of taking a cold shower every day. Again, I've done this before. Um, but, and like intentionally putting cold water on the back of my neck, um, on my vagus nerve, um, it's called cold exposure therapy. Um, and it is really good for me. I don't get triggered that much. And I want to say I did not take a shower today. So I didn't do that exposure therapy and, oh, I got triggered. Um, but also it was coming up to be healed. Uh, and here's what I want to talk about with like these feelings that come up, right? When they come up and when emotions come up, big emotions come up, like a trigger is like a really big emotion from like something that is objectively not a big deal, right? Like, or it can be a big deal to you, right? But for me, I really recognize a trigger when I'm like, I'm not crying about this, <laughs> right? Like this is something else. So like just being like, it's meditation practice that's enabled me to truly be the observer of my mind and like recognize, okay, stuff is coming up. Oh, I'm having big feelings. Oh, I'm crying about this. That's really interesting. Just getting curious about like what's going on with compassion, right? Compassionate curiosity, the road to true liberation. And just recognizing that emotions, strong emotions take 90 seconds to heal. 
So I started like feeling a lot of feelings and feeling like a burden just for having a birthday, right? That's how I was feeling. And then I noticed like big feelings were coming up. So then I started tapping and tapping emotional freedom technique. Um, it's a modality you can, um, my friend Noemi Sparks is, is the tapping genius. Uh, she's been, I interviewed her on my podcast. Um, I am Noemi Smart, Sparks on um, Instagram. She's who I will send you for tapping resources. She's so good. Um, and you know, so I hang out with Noemi. So I'm like remembering tapping. Um, and so I just started tapping, uh, and, uh, it's a series of acupressure points that helps to move your emotions. So if I notice I'm having emotions, I'm going to go to a tool that's going to help me move them. Um, and so I started tapping and then this huge wave came up and I was like, I felt like I was even like, cause when you're tapping, you you say things out loud, um, as part of the practice and like you're naming feelings that you're feeling, you're naming how you want to feel. And I was just like saying to myself, out loud. I don't know if I can even do this. Right. Like it was like really big. Um, and I was crying, but I just kept going. Cause I remembered myself. I was being like the observer of my own mind. And I remembered, okay, 90 seconds to clear strong emotions, just keep breathing. And so I kept breathing and then boom, the feeling dissipated. It was like, it was such a relief. You know what I mean? And I still felt like all the things you feel after you have a big cry, but like, it was really interesting, like how that emotion just left. And, um, I spent so much of my life, not even letting myself get into the feeling, let alone get curious about it, see it as a teacher that's coming up to teach me about like, Oh, you know, I do feel like a burden for having a birthday and a holiday. How funny. Right. Like, and it's so interesting that like that has been like the root of my 1223 feels. Cause it's like, it's very typical for me to have a birthday that just isn't what I wanted or what I expected. It's really hard for me to even plan what I want to do on my birthday. Um, and oh my God, the 1223 that I had right after I got engaged to my ex fiance, um, I had my birthday party on like December 16th or December 17th. It was like Sagittarius season. It's when I like to have my celebration birthday party. Um, and so I had the party and then she, she hijacked it for her proposal. Um, and it really triggered me, but I was so out of awareness of like my own emotional tools or just recognizing, like I didn't even let myself have those feelings. I just stuffed them away. You know what I mean? And so like, that is just a great example of me stuffing away, stuffing away. Right. But then the night before my birthday, I was like feeling all these things because she wasn't, we didn't have any plans for my actual birthday. And I was like, it was, it was, I just felt really like. <laughs> my birthday party got hijacked for this proposal, which like, I didn't feel great about. Cause that's, and here's why, and you can go back to my episode two gay divorce and hear all about why, but basically my first proposal for the first engagement I had was also a hijacked birthday party. So I was like, you took my birthday party from me. And then now we don't even have any plans for my actual birthday. And I had like a whole emotional, like, um, recognizing I had a lot of needs that weren't getting met sort of meltdown. And it turned out she had been planning a surprise trip to Catalina the whole time. And I was like, this is not the time to surprise me. This is the time to just tell me that you have a plan um, so that we can do it. Right. Um, and so I just feel so grateful that I've been on this path to like learn these tools and am brave enough to use the tools. Right. Because it's really easy to just distract yourself or numb yourself when you're having big feelings and you're having the loss domino effect of like COVID kind of wrecking all of our plans all the time. Right. And just being able to be present for like, what are you feeling? How is this like showing up for you in your body? What can you do to provide some like breath 
to that point because it really is emotions need breath to move. Um, emotions also need a lot of water to move. Let's stay hydrated, folks. That's something you have control over. You can control so little, so little in the COVID era, but you can drink water and hydrate yourself. Um, so just like really being present to the losses, the feelings that are coming up, the disappointments, right? And like the people that you're disappointing too. Like Tony Robbins always asks, like, what parent were you afraid to disappoint? Um, and for me, it was my mom. And uh, it's so funny. The day I was supposed to be getting married, um, I, that was our like save the date date. Um, I came up to visit my mom because I wanted to not be home. And uh, I knew my ex had forgotten because that was just like her. She doesn't remember stuff like that. Um, and she sent me a really upsetting email on the morning of our wedding. <laughs> I know she didn't do it maliciously on that date. I do know that because she's just so clueless. Right. But it of course like spun me out, uh, or she sent it the night before and it spun me out and I was supposed to have breakfast with my mom. I was visiting and then we were going to go to, um, she was going to drop me off on my journey to the airport. And it was so wild because like I basically had been up like really like kind of stewing and like having my feelings and processing this like upsetting email. And so the next morning I like overslept and didn't go see my mom for breakfast. And then she came in and she was really disappointed and she was really like, you know, grumpy. She's a cancer sun, uh, Leo rising Sagittarius moon. So she's got a lot of fire. Um, and her feelings are like a billboard. So I knew she was disappointed in me. She, she was like coming in hot with that. And I was like, I just took a breath and I realized I was like, okay, I disappointed my mother and it's not even eight 30 in the morning yet. Like the, the day can't be worse than this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was just one of those things where it was like, it was a day that like, probably I could have expected that like people would be sensitive to me because I was supposed to be getting married, but like nobody remembers the day you were going to get married except for you, you know, and, and not even your ex fiance. Right. So like, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not getting the sensitivity I would hope for in the world and it's all okay. But like once you kind of recognize like your triggers aren't actually going to kill you, right? Like my mom's disappointment is does nothing to me any, anymore. Like it really doesn't. Like I disappoint her frequently because she has giant expectations um, and whatever. Like I'm just living my life. I know that I do a great job and I am 100% dedicated to being the best daughter I can be, which is never going to be perfect. And recognizing that I can't ever be perfect what a grief process that is. <laughs> but you know, it's never going to happen, right? Like I have a hard time. I have a hard time even with goal setting or using a planner. I just started a new planner. High five to me. I don't know what day, what, oh, 1223. We're 23 days, 25 days, because I started a couple days before before December. I'm into my new planner. I'm proud of myself. I like was scared to use a planner. I recognize this as a shame spiral because I felt ashamed of all the other planners I had started and failed to finish in the past. I could not believe I, when I was like really recognizing, like, where's my resistance to using this planner? Like what is going on for me? Like, as I like investigated, I was like, Oh, I'm feeling shame about stuff. I'm like, Ugh our ethic is begin again, right? Like begin again. It's never too late to begin again. Start before you're ready. And it's never too late to begin again. These are things that really help me a lot. So I like investigated the shame around it. And then I realized, oh, okay, well, action cures fear and shame is just fear. So let's just, you know, shame is fear around what other people think. And you know what? At this point, it doesn't matter. You just got to live your life. You got to do you. I'm going to do Bevan. 
Um, I'm really okay. I, in thinking about ways that I could go to my uncle's funeral, I was like, oh, I could just be the weird cousin who hangs out outside instead of going inside to this reception where everyone's eating with their masks off. And uh, I was like, I've always been the weird cousin. I was born for COVID. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I just think, I think most people are just so concerned with what other people think. They'll just do what everyone else is doing. And I have to say, Utah looks like COVID never existed. They just like walk around, no masks at all. It is wild out there. Anyway, I'm sending everyone resilience and love and protection vibes that you never, um, that you don't get exposed and you're able to take all the precautions that you need to. But wow, boundaries in this time. What a great time to practice boundaries. I just don't want someone gasping for breath in an ICU hallway because they spent time with someone they didn't even like. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people settle. People need to have standards about their risk. Um, see, I would take the right risk for the right person, right? But like, I'm not going to go to a, like a big thing with lots of people. And also, um, I'm scared about the hospital system collapsing. Actually, I'm really waiting out these next couple of weeks to see what happens. Um, but you know, it's the COVID time. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it resonated with you in some way. Um, and if you want to support my podcast, the best way to support is my Patreon page, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too fat, too much, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. Um, I have a few membership options available starting at five bucks a month. You get access to all my Zoom aerobics classes. Um, I have a ton of content there that's only for subscribers. Uh, I do spiritual self-care workshops. Um, at 25 bucks a month, that's a sustaining level. And that is all of my on-demand aerobics classes. I filmed some really great um, aerobics classes in the woods. They're so beautiful. I'm so proud of them. And I'm so excited to share it with everybody. Um, and just so grateful for you. Thanks for being part of my podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for liking and subscribing. And thanks for sharing with a pal. And I hope wherever you are, you know that you are worthy of love exactly as you are. You are not a burden for being born. You are not a burden if your birthday's on a holiday. Uh, and you're not a burden at all. You are a wonderful, charming, unique uh, gift from God. And I'm so glad you're here. Bye, everybody.